the blackness. Keep the keep on.
Hey guys, welcome to Coaching Out Loud with Danielle Powell. First, I would like to say thank you to all who have been tuning in to the Black History Month segments. This is the very last segment and we must continue these conversations and continue to make changes in our community because every day is Black History Month. We celebrate ourselves, we celebrate our communities, we celebrate each other. This segment is on race and education. I have two powerful speakers, Dr. Eddie Connor Jr. from Detroit, Michigan. I have Latoya Braswell from Brooklyn, New York. Make sure you stay tuned for a powerful segment. Welcome to Coaching Out Loud with Danielle Powell. I am your host and your coach, Danielle Powell. In the honor of Black History Month, this is the Race and Education segment. I have two amazing educators. Dr. Eddie Carney Jr. is a best-selling author of nine books. He's a minister, international speaker, graduate education professor at Mary Grove College, He's been teaching for 12 years as a secondary education teacher. Dr. Eddie Connor is the founder of the mentoring program, Boys to Books. Latoya Braswell, she's a national speaker, minister. She is a STEM educator. Latoya has been teaching for 13 years in the New York City Department of Education and three years in the private school sector. She has founded a course called Cymatics. Her newest endeavor is Boost, which stands for Best Out of School Time. I would like to welcome you both to the show, Dr. Eddie Connor and Latoya Braswell. Hey. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. We're going to talk about race and education. I will start with Dr. Eddie Connor. So tell me about your mentoring program, Boys to Books. How did this program come about? Well, yes, uh, you know, the program came about uh, with the whole aspect of uh, doing much of my master's work in uh, reading and literacy development and, in many cases, seeing the connection between literacy and incarceration, uh, which are interconnected. And um, so many times we... In many cases, we, we talk about the dropout rate, but in many cases, there's a push-out rate because young men or young women particularly who struggle with reading, rather than remediate it, oftentimes they're just pushed on to the next grade. And so um, I pretty much developed that program as an after-school base to say, um, yes, I do the work from 8 to 3, but our young men in many cases need some mentorship from three to five and beyond. And yeah. so uh, to bring books, to use books as a, as a way to empower young men to move from boyhood to manhood, uh, literacy, leadership, life skills, enrichment, bringing the sports element, bringing music, bringing all the things that guys are interested in, but coupling that and connecting it to literacy uh, really yeah. found a way to uh, empower them and move to the next level. Wow. That's amazing. Continue mm-hmm. to do the work because your program is needed in all communities around the world and continue to push the work forward. So, Latoya, yes, what is your motivation behind your Cymatics course? 
So um, first, I just want to thank you for um, this space and this opportunity to uh, share uh, my thoughts on race and education, and um, which really gives segue to the cymatics um, whole piece. Um, so what I saw was um, as a middle school teacher, when students were arriving to sixth grade for the first time, it was a new environment, new culture, and um, as a science teacher, I saw that they had this gap in their science um, background um, because in the New York uh, City Department, uh, New York State, New York City Department of Ed, they do uh, science state science testing in grades four and in grades eight. So um, most of the time, the elementary education teachers, um, you know, they kind of prep these kids in the fourth grade, and then they have like this gap of like not really engaging in um, science in the fifth grade. And so by the time I get them in sixth grade, I was like, you know, hey, there's this gap. And then there was this reluctancy in math. So I wanted to try to close that gap and bridge that gap by showing that the two contents were married to each other. And um, Mm -hmm. I came up with this concept, like literally it was a download from God, like really to say, hey, how do we infuse science and math and get kids engaged in 21st century skills that is going to propel them, especially I wanted to target my young girls of um, mm-hmm. color because I wanted them to be empowered by, you know, wanting to be engineers, wanting to be scientists, you know, wanting to um, understand natural phenomena, sciences all around us, and um, just really having that skill set to be able to apply it and then do the, the technology aspect, the engineering piece of it, and then, you know, mm-hmm. add the math into it. So, um, yeah, that's how science and math, got married, and it, they burst out phonetics. <laughs> so that's the background. Oh. Awesome, awesome. That's incredible, and congrats to that because that sounds like an amazing course, and I wish that was around when I was in school. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the next question, um, I guess I could start with Dr. Connor, Dr. Eddie Connor. Do you feel schools in the poverty level areas are seen as a high priority in the overall school system? Well, you know, um, to really connect with, you know, your your guests and the work she's doing out in New York and really think about much of the work that you're doing as well, but also here in the city of Detroit yeah. uh, and then other urban cities, I, I don't really think it is a high priority. You know, in many cases you see the schools are mm-hmm. closed, but the prisons are open. And, yeah. um, you know, 30-plus states around the United States or rather the, the yet-to-be United States of America, uh, have invested more money in the prison system than the school system. And so uh, the eradication, the erosion of education in many cases leads to uh, more prison, prison beds. Uh, you know, they're, they're building prisons based on second and third grade reading scores. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Juwan yes. Zekanjufu mentions in his book, The Conspiracy to Destroy Black Boys. Yes. Um, what we are, in many cases, seeing um, to where, as I said before, prison is big business. So uh, mm-hmm. when incarceration is, is prized over education, you know, we need to find a level of remediation. I think in many cases, African-centered education is uh, very, very important, the whole aspect of even uh, homeschooling Um, and Mm -hmm. and from the womb to the tomb, uh, empowering our our young people through the whole aspect of knowing who they are, their place in the world, but also Mm -hmm. the development of of literacy. You know, um, 
Malcolm X said, uh, education is a passport uh, mm-hmm. to the future. And so um, we are definitely seeing uh, big business or government turn a blind eye to uh, impoverished areas. And I think it's uh, rather than a top-down approach, I think it's going to have to be a bottom-up and a middle-out to be able to deal mm-hmm. with it and remediate it. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And that was so powerful. Toya, would you like to add to the question? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I actually um, I teach in a Title One school, and in um, a Title One school, it just basically means that um, the majority of the students eat free, you know, uh, receive free lunch. And in most of those areas, um, it's it's impoverished. And um, what my experience has been is um, um, Dr. Cook spoke to the prison, the school-to-prison pipeline, and what I'm seeing, you know, on my daily basis is it's a whole mindset. It's, um, you know, the, the the young people, their mindset has to be challenged. They have to mm-hmm. um, come in with a purpose, walk in with a purpose, know why they are at school, um, not just because m- mom sent me to school or I need to be here, but know why you're here, know that what is happening in our country today is um, that lack of, of comprehension, that lack of being able to, you know, read at grade level, okay? I did a, I did a project a couple of weeks ago where I, um, I gave students a, something to work on, but I dropped it a few grade levels down, and my students actually felt comfortable. You know, they all did very well, not knowing that that was a few grade levels under, you know, what their actual grade level was. And so it drew, it drew great concerns because I said, here they are comfortable at this, this level, at three or four grade levels, uh, you know, beneath them. And they were comfortable at that as opposed to them doing the work at their own grade level. And so um, when, when sometimes when they're presented with challenges, they are, you know, quick to not want to do it. But I think that we got to teach kids, you know, to build tenacity, build that grit. Like, no, you can't get through it. Like, coach them through this because mm-hmm. that is what's going to be able to take them over. And that's why I, um, I'm invested in the work, and I went back to teach kids that look like me because yeah. I want them to know that, you know, we come from the same background. We come from the same demographics. When you looked at segregation from years ago, we produce more doctors, more lawyers, more <laughs> entrepreneurs, more yeah. mathematicians when the teachers looked like the kids that were standing in front of them, you know? And so I think it's time for us to really invest back, invest back into our students and really help to be a part of, you know, this work. Like, everybody mm-hmm. is a student. Everybody is a teacher. Like, we got to yeah. really get back into that piece and um, just help them to build up their mindset about their purpose. Like, why are you here? What are you trying to do? What is it that you want to do? And then how can I help? steer you to what it is that you want to do and become. Yes. Yes. Wow. Powerful points. Thank you both for your answers. It's very powerful. So during my younger years, I was in an after-school program that was centered around, you know, music. I was in a marching band, and the program exposed me to, you know, the black college experience because we open up for bands such as Hampton University, Grambling State, why is it important to have after-school programs in the black community, and what are some programs that are currently needed? 
Either either one of us. Well, yeah. uh, I'll start with Toya. <laughs> so Toya. Okay, so I am a big advocate for after school. Um, it is it's so important. A lot of things that um, our young people get into, especially in the, in the inner city, is like after school time. You know, um, where it's other influences that um, are more attractive than kind of like being in school. Um, so I feel like that is um, an important program. Like um, I was a part of a program that uh, it was like almost like a lights on. It was like an evening program. So they would go to after school, and then the evening program would start from 5 to 8. And if any, if you had a high school ID or if you had a school ID, you could actually um, come into the school, get something to eat, play ball, you know, get some type of tutoring. And, you know, that place was jam-packed, which – really said to me, kids wanted somewhere to go and wanted somewhere yeah. to be, okay, to keep them out of, you know, the negative influences that may be, you know, lying dormant in the community and just waiting for, you know, the fact that their parents weren't home or, you know, um, that they didn't have anything else other to, uh, anything um, else to do other than yeah. to get to some level of mischief in the community. So things that are really needed, Sports are needed in the evening. Um, yeah. Tutoring is needed in the evening. Mentoring is needed in the evening. Coaching, things like you're doing, Danielle, that's needed in the community to even inspire young women, you know, just to really mm-hmm. validate themselves. In the schools, we're seeing a lot of girls now, they're, um, you know, posting pictures uh, of themselves, mm-hmm. and they got to deal with, you know, what comes after that, at the day after, the morning after, you know, that's done, yeah. and, um just not really having confidence in themselves and seeking social media to, like, really, you know, boost their confidence. So we need programs like that in Mm -hmm. our community, you know, um, just to help them with understanding who they are and just really protecting their innocence as a child and as a young person. So um, I'm a big proponent of after school, the best use of Mm out-of-school time. Yeah, yes. Thank you for that. Thank you. Dr. Eddie Connor. Yeah, absolutely. I, I second uh, Dr. Braswell and what she was saying in regards to those uh, aspects of uh, after school. I think two things need to be uh, really brought to light. One is the arts, you know, uh, mm-hmm. having our students uh, invest in music, uh, learn an yeah. instrument, uh, mm-hmm. learn how to paint. Um, in many cases, yeah. it's, a, it's, an, it's an anti-drug. It's an opportunity for them to, to tap into those artistic skills, those multiple intelligences that in many cases uh, they may not have discovered or those things that are, um, in many cases only come to fruition when they're given the opportunity to express themselves. Another thing is the, the opportunity and the ability to uh, learn how to code. You know, our young people are always engaged in, in using software. You know, in many cases they, they, they use social media as a toy but not as a tool. And so rather than just wow. using Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, learning how to create their own app, learning how to mm-hmm. create a website, cool. learning how to build a program, learning how to, uh, they say by the time uh, young people turn 18 years of age, they played at least 10,000 hours worth of video games. Wow. What if they yeah. took the time to read? What if they took the time to actually learn how to create a video game? Yeah. Uh, so not just being on Facebook, but uh, having the opportunity to, to put their face in a book. And uh, really uh, learn how to uh, write a book, 
uh, create yeah. code, develop the new line of software, sketch out the new sneaker that they uh, really are interested in, and even, and even uh, taking that to the next level, uh, financial literacy, uh, yeah. economic development, not just buying Nike, Nikes, but developing a, a level to where they learn how to use the stock market to invest in Nike stock. So um, yeah. I think uh, many of these things are, are necessary to literally uh, be a mover and a shaker in the world. Yes, yes. Thank you for both answers. I totally agree with that. So, Dr. Eddie Connor, how does education empower youth to become leaders of today? Well, um, one thing, uh, I'm reminded of a quote by Tavis Smiley, said, uh, young people are like Kodak film. All they need is development and exposure. And so, uh, in many cases, what we... Uh, expose them to is in many cases how they will develop. You know, I think we really got to place an onus to where we put our young people uh, not in front of Jeezy, Weezy, Yeezy, and Jay-Z to where they know more in many cases about uh, Beyonce than chemistry. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think in many cases to to really expose them to doctors, to lawyers, to individuals like yourself and and Mm -hmm. Dr. Braswell, to expose them to individuals who literally create something from nothing, those, gen- those judges, those astrophysicists, those lawyers, mm-hmm. those mathematicians, mm-hmm. because what they see is what they will be. Uh, another thing, I, I love what uh, the great abolitionist, since it is still Black History Month and not just Black History, yeah. we don't just celebrate Black History uh, throughout for just 28 days, but we got the whole year. Yeah. And, um, the, you know, the whole aspect of what uh, Frederick Douglass, the great abolition- abolitionist, said, if we build strong children, we won't have to repair broken adults. And so um, empowering our our boys and girls to become really strong men and women um, with self-confidence, with self-esteem, with putting uh, individuals, not just past history, but living current history uh, in their face to say that you can also be a pioneer, not just you can do it, but this is how you do it. And so um, letting the the words literally become action and uh, showing them what they can become uh, is going to really inspire them to to literally to overcome. Yes, Mm. yes. Thank you, Dr. Eddie Connor. Latoya? Yes, um, I'm just just in awe. Yes. (laughs) You know, the words. Um, being spoken is is so heavy and it's so rich. Um, it's just and it's just um, just enlightening for me. And I know um, all who will hear, you know, this um, this podcast will definitely be empowered by it. But um, I think you know, uh, just to add on to um, what Dr. Cook spoke uh, to earlier is like the change. You know, will not come if we if we wait for somebody else to, to be that change. Uh, Barack Obama said it best. He said, we, you know, we, we're the change that, we're, that we've been waiting for. And I think that young people need to know that the change is going to come by what they do when they become vested yeah. in the work to really, like he said, shift and change the dynamics of the world that we live in. And um, I feel like education gives us, a seat at the table, like my, my pastor um, alluded to. Um, um, really just giving you a seat at the table, it just really opens the door for you to have the conversation. It just puts you in a place where you can have some choice, where you can make some decisions um, about what is going on um, 
you know, we we've really been um, under this, uh, I guess, ide- ideology of, you know, go mm-hmm. to school, you know, get a good job, and, um, you know, you'll be all right. And um, I often teach my students, it's not about you getting a good job. It's about mm. you being creative, okay? Yeah, yeah. We, we, I can give you a job to take this paper from that side of the room to the other side of the room. That's a job. <laughs> but can you design something, right, that yes. will meet the need or the demand of the people, of the community? Like, go create. We need more creativity. We don't need no more jobs. We need more people to create, and we have to set um, opportunities for, um, you know, our kids to be able to just to be creative. I had a conversation yeah. with a gentleman who owned a coffee shop, and he said that, you know, when he got out of school, he didn't really want to go to college, and that mm-hmm. his dad, you know, kind of pushed him to go to college, go to college. So he said he went to college, and he took out, um, you know, a loan for $40,000 or what have you, and um, when he finished school, he couldn't get a job. And he ended up opening up a coffee shop, which he only needed a $10,000 loan from the bank to do that. So it just really, wow. you know, it really shook something in me because I said, now if we teach kids, like, what do you want to do? What kind of business do you want to create? And then we invest in that business, and then after they, they get their business, then they go to school to develop in that business and that get that business degree after you have the business, then I think that we're really changing that dynamic of what the world looks like as opposed to you just going to school, picking a major, getting all this debt, and then when you finish, you can't get a job. So I think that we, that's a, that's a mm-hmm. way that we need to push the education. Let's get educated in what we're gifted in and what we already do well. And then that way, you know, we can really reach some, plat- some, some platforms and, you know, reach some people. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. And I totally agree because I feel like when I was in school, entrepreneurship was, like, non-existent until mm-hmm. I got, you know, 18. I started my own business, but they didn't teach me that. Right. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. feel like education on entrepreneurship should be in the schools and they should develop programs for entrepreneurship right. in schools. So thank you guys for your answers. Mm-hmm. I will start with Latoya. Uh, the next question, what are some ways the black community can work, can work in unity to close the achievement gap? Wow. Um, it's a loaded yeah. question, I know. Yeah, it, it's a loaded question. Um, you know, first, <laughs> first of all, we have to, um, we got to learn to look at one another as who we are and not as the image that has been presented in front of us. Um, I want to look at my brothers and sisters as brothers and sisters so that I would want, I want to help them and I want to see them do well as opposed to somebody that's, like, trying to get me or out to get me. I think that's mm-hmm. first. Um, once we look at them without any fear, then we can love them to change and we can love them enough to you know, be that that boost for them because once one of us has made it, if we reach back and we pull the other one up or show them how to get think certain things, I think a lot of times um, information is like uh, I don't know, like Harvard, where we don't we don't feel open enough to share information. I yeah. love to be resourceful. I love to tell yeah. people, oh, this place is hiring, or 
you should fill out this application, or I found out about this, I love to be resourceful because I feel like if I'm giving you the information that you have the opportunity to do something with the information that, you know, um, I'm sharing with you. And um, that's why I'm in education field, like really because I want to present my students with opportunities to have access to the information. And that's all they need. They need access. Like it's a lot of stuff that people just don't know. And had they known it so many years ago, the the trajectory of their life would have been very, very different if they knew how to do A, B, or C. And so that's where I think, like, we help to close the gap in our communities is by providing our communities with access to information, how to start your own business, how to get your credit together, how to um, apply for um, a house, uh, or, you know, just giving them the information that they need in order to be successful. You know, some communities have all of the information. You know, they could come from various countries and immediately get a business. How are they able to do that? Because somebody provided them with some access to some information. And, like, I just feel like that's how we're going to help build our community by just putting things and um, information in the community. Wow. Yes, I totally agree. Thank you for your answers. Dr. Eddie Connor. Yeah, I, I, I literally uh, love the conversation and, and the keen yeah. insight, and I think uh, really uh, keen information changes situations. And this is one of those things, you know, uh, I think in many cases it's a it's a, a level of how we place an emphasis on values. Mm, you know, if, yeah. if, if you really think about um, uh, whatever we – as we really, in many cases, move from the civil rights movement to the civil rights movement, mm. I think uh, economic yes. empowerment is really uh, keen and important. Um, mm-hmm. Many cases, uh, there's a quote, uh, I believe it was by Ben Jealous uh, of the NAACP, said, uh, whatever we were given, we lost. Whatever we fought for, we kept and we gained. Um, if you think of many cases about what we do in, in many cases in our education system, we value athletics over academics. Mm, you know, say people that. show up to uh, homecoming and prom, but they don't mm. show up to PTA meetings. That's right. Um, wow. When, when you when you think about our value system, and when, when black people have a 1.3 trillion dollar buying power, mm. but much of what we use our money on is uh, nail done, hair done, everything did. Oh, you fancy, huh? <laughs> Uh, you pull up to the scene with your ceiling missing. Um, you know, uh, we 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 we're not putting. We go take our money to the check cashing store. Um, in many cases, we see other races and, and ethnicities where they they allow their money to trickle down still in their communities. We only use one percent of our resources with mm-hmm. people who look yeah. like us. But if we move that one percent to ten percent. Uh, in many cases, we create one million new jobs amongst our own selves. And yeah. so I think uh, it, it goes back to the level of values. I mean, when, you, when we were coming up, um, and I don't think y'all are too young yet, but uh, when we were coming up, it was reading, writing, arithmetic. It was those basic fundamentals um, yeah. that in many cases now our young people know how to text, but they don't know how to hold the conversation. Mm. So I, I think we, we have to get back to the level of uh, spiritual spiritual development, educational enhancement, and, and economic enrichment. And I think in many cases those are going to be some avenues to where um, we 
are like we said like we said in the hood i I know y'all from New York, you know concrete jungle where dreams are made of, but well, I'm from Detroit, so we say what up though and in our community, we have the notion and the saying, "We all we got, and I think mm, when we understand yeah. that we are our brother's keeper and our sister's protector, yeah. rather than fighting against each other, we'll fight mm-hmm. for one another, yeah, and that's in the education that's in the community um that's where we we begin to become owners and not just purchasers. That's right. We become yeah. uh, creators and producers. And I think uh, we have the intangible skill of what we need, and I think we've got to have some group think, but also some group economics. Yes. Wow, powerful, powerful. Thank you mm-hmm. both for your answers. This conversation is so good. <laughs> So, um, Eddie, I will start. Dr. Eddie, I will start with you. Um, how do we get passionate people like you guys in leading positions to make decisions to enhance the education of our youth? Um, you know, there's a quote that said, uh, if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu. And mm. in many cases, yeah. uh, what we see is uh, a lot of times we're, we literally are devoured uh, by those in society, and in many cases, um, uh, not just getting to the table, yes, bringing a chair, but in many cases, creating our own table. Um, yeah. I think uh, we've we've got to have uh, a level of yes, ingratiating ourselves with, in many cases, uh, those who are of another persuasion, or those who have the money and the notoriety to get to that level. But I think in many cases, as we create our own table to discuss, to implement, to strategize and to organize, yeah. it's going to rival that table. In many cases, pique the interest of that table to come over to ours, mm. but to also have some yeah. parameters to say, no, you just can't just come into ours and, and take our stuff. We have a certain standard here of what it is that yeah. we that we want to exercise. And... Um, I think we, we have to get to a level to where we're training leaders. Um, you know, we, we can't say that black lives matter, but uh, saying it, but our green dollars don't show it. And so yeah. I think putting our, putting our money where our mouth is and putting it behind young black leadership, mm-hmm. targeting individuals who are in our communities, who are in our churches, in our schools, uh, who possess gifts, stirring up those gifts, placing them in, in climates and giving them opportunities to exercise the gifts that they don't even know that they possess mm-hmm. and not being so uh, egotistical to where you literally uh, sit on eggs that have hatched because oh, yeah. you are insecure. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what insecure leaders yeah. do. Um, yeah. But being able to pass the baton and understand that um, I have to have an intergenerational transfer of not just wealth but wisdom understanding that the wealth is in the wisdom. And so being able to disseminate that to the next generation uh, and let them know uh, that life teaches you in two ways, mistakes and mentors. Once you learn from the the mistake of a mentor so that you don't have to blaze a a, a trail up by yourself, but you can continue to walk the path that has already been blazed for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Eddie Connor. That was so profound. Toya, you'd like to ask the question? I, I, you know, I, I keep, I'm just 
sitting in awe and I'm nodding and I'm smiling and I'm popping <laughs> my fist and I'm snapping my fingers um, because um, everything he's saying is uh, is very very um is true. Um, only to add that um, we we have to continue to you know just create this atmosphere that um, allows for our young people to see the leadership within themselves. And I often tell yeah. my yeah. students, I, I often tell them, I say, I don't think that you're, I know that you're not bad people and you're not bad kids. I say you just haven't made the right decisions always. And I think a lot of times we tend to look at certain people as leaders. But I see my kids, my students, as even the ones that's getting in trouble every day and, you know, fighting and carrying on, you got leadership quality. You just haven't put it in the right direction. And so what mm-hmm. I need to do is I need to help you to bring out, you know, or birth out the leader that's already in you because you got a group of kids following you, you know. You got yeah. people here, you know, you're getting the likes on social media. So let's yeah. figure out how to get this 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 um uh, charisma that you're already operating in, right? Yeah. And then, you know, in the church, we call it an anointing, that uh, a gifting <laughs> that you're already operating in, right? And let's put it in a direction where you're going to impact lives for the better, where you're going to make changes mm-hmm. in your community, where the people that's already following you, yeah. they look up to you as who you already are. You just don't realize who you are. And, and my job mm. is to bring into actualization of who you really are. So I've got to constantly remind you, you know, you're smart. You can do it. You will do it, you know. And um, I often mm-hmm. have my kids, when they come in my classroom, just to, you know, quote after me and say, I am somebody. I was somebody before I came here. I'll be a yes. better somebody by the time I leave here. i got things to do, people to see, places to go. Because you know why? I am somebody, and don't you forget it. And so after you mm-hmm. keep saying that to them, after a while, they begin to embrace that. They'll begin to believe that about themselves. So that's only my job. I'm, I'm just there to bring some things into actualization and to really just help them to understand that they are already leaders. You already got a following. You already got a group of people yeah. that's looking to you for the answers. I need you to be a better decision maker. And the only way you're going to be a better decision maker is when you got the information, when you hold the information, you know, because if we look at what's going on in the world, people are looking for leadership. They're looking yeah. for somebody to follow. That's what yeah. they're looking for. So whether it be the right light, I think you said it was too light, Dr. Cook, whether it be, you know, the right light or, you know, this, this wrong light, like, they're looking for somebody to follow. And I want to be a part of that, that right life, that path where I help people to grow spiritually, you know, where I help them to grow naturally, and I absolutely help them to grow in, you know, their, their education. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Latoya. It looks like we're running out of time. So I have one last question because it is Black History Month. Who are some of the leaders who inspire you to do the work you are doing today? And that's why you can start it off. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would say, I would have, I would have to really say, um, like growing up in church, um, 
those were the first people that I really looked at as leaders um, because they looked like me, and um, they gave me the spiritual foundation, like, really that I needed um, in order to grow spiritually. That's one. Um, As I got older and um, I went to college, I I graduated from HBCU, Classroom University, and Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, we took a course entitled Black Studies, and you know, we got to, like, really understand who we were as individuals. And I got, like, really, really interested in Angela Davis. And yes, was, I love her. <laughs> like a powerhouse, <laughs> like, just, you know, um, just all together, you know, um, just really understanding who she was, you know, just um, she represented her own self. And, um, you know, she was one of the people that, like, I really kind of, like push my own self after um, for the things that she's done. People who inspire me now, and I'm saying women, you know, uh, <laughs> Michelle Obama, definitely, um, Oprah Winfrey um, inspires yeah. me. Angela Rye, she absolutely inspires me. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like women like these, like absolutely inspire me, you know, um, as a black woman, as a woman in education, you know, as a mother, as a wife, as a sister, as a friend, these women, yeah. and especially like my pastor is one who inspires me. She leads um, tons of women, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, you know, in, in their walk. Um, Overseer Eunice Downing, got to shout her out. And, yeah, um, shout out to Auntie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, my mother and my grandmother, these were people that was just like, you know, about their business and like really – you know, yeah. taking care of the family, and these are women that I looked up to because I could relate to them. I could talk to them. I could be in conversation with them. You know, like real yeah. women was really doing the work. Maybe they didn't have the accolades or the spotlight, but these are women that I looked up to, you know, throughout my life. Awesome. Thank you, Latoya. Dr. Connor, who are some leaders that inspire you to do the work you are doing today? Well, yeah, um, I'm, I'm always uh, – even as a kid, I always have been enamored by the uh, civil rights movement. So, um, and, and a little bit even beyond that, from uh, what it could be from uh, from the South to South Africa, um, you know, individuals like Martin, Malcolm, Mandela, Medgar, um, your Fannie Lou Hamers, your Shirley Chisholm's, um, Rosa, you know, the individuals who, as uh, Isaac Newton said, you can always see a lot farther when you stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, but to also even our, our contemporary um, philosophers and, and thinkers, those who street, speak truth to power, um, who definitely don't mince words, but in many cases are literally intoxicated with the exuberance of their intellectual verbosity, like a uh, Cornell West, uh, Michael A. Yeah, Dyson. Yeah. Uh, many of those individuals who who literally speak truth to power and, and make no shame, uh, are, are unashamed, I'm unapologetically gifted, I'm unapologetically anointed, I'm unapologetically yeah. marching forward, I'm unapologetically educated, and for sure enough, yeah. I'm unapologetically black. And mm. so uh, to really yeah. um, understand that there's still work left to be done and uh, we have to really say forward ever, backward never, and uh, march on strong and, and bring those of us uh, who are uh, pushing to move to the next level. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome, Dr. Eddie Connor. 
So it looks like we're out of time, guys. Before you leave, where can they find you, your social media handles, any websites? Um, I can start with you, Dr. Eddie Connor. Yes, um, and, and in many cases, I'll also uh, put as an addendum uh, for those of for those who uh, are literally inspired, in many cases, a new school generation. It would definitely be Miss Pyle and Dr. Braswell. Y'all definitely go in that <laughs> sentence too. So to really hear uh, the strong words from super uh, sister soldiers like yourself, I know that the. Uh, the world is in good hands. Uh, listen, you yeah. can connect with me. Uh, I like to say the revolution not only be televised, it'll be digitized. Please go to my website. It is eddieconner.com. Please put some respect on my name. That's E-D-D-I-E-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. Connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at eddieconner, J-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-N-N-O-R-J-R. If you think it's not robbery, please support my new book. just came out. Hit number one on Amazon. It's called Wife, Becoming the Right One for the Right One. Uh, the question mm. of who is empowering our boys and men to be husbands and fathers. Mm. Uh, it really is a great book for those yeah. women who desire to become a wife and men who desire to find a wife. So thank you again for the opportunity yeah. and look forward to connecting with uh, Dr. Braswell as well. Yes, yes. His book is awesome, guys. So make sure you get it. I love that. Toya, give us your handles, your social media. Yes, yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Ms. B216. That's M-I-Z-Z-B216. That's on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm on assignment because that's what I'm on every day of my life. I'm on this assignment. <laughs> I'm here to be your preacher, your teacher, your innovator your motivator, your friend, your daughter, your somebody, your nobody. I'm here for you. I'm here to um, help you through this thing that we call life and inspire you if you need prayer, if you need some inspiration, if you need some two ears to listen to, I'm, I'm here for you. You, you can also check out um, or find me on thebubbleroomofbrooklyn.com. That's our business that we have. It's a sensory room for targeting kids with special needs. Um, we want them. Yeah. They are welcome where we are at. And so, um, you know, look us up, check us out, and, um, you know, I'm definitely going to get Dr. Cook's book. It's found this, this, the, 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 uh, the um, short it, uh, information about it sounds so intriguing, so I definitely want to um, reach out to that. And I want to thank you again, Danielle, for this yeah. opportunity. This is amazing work that you're doing. Keep oh, pushing or doing the work. And, you know, God bless you in all your endeavors. And you know thank that you. the best is definitely yet to come. Thank you. Thank you. And what we do here on the Power Minute, I mean, at Coaching Out Loud, we have the Power Minute. So give inspiration for one minute, starting with Toya. So I just want to um, give you some inspiration, and I want to tell all of our listeners, that the better days are ahead. Um, the best is yet to come. Keep pushing. Stay inspired. You're not who they said that you were. You are more. God sees the best in you, and there is so much work to be done that your destiny lies within you, that the enemy could not kill your destiny because God has something so awesome sitting in the seat of your belly. 
that the nation is waiting to hear. So be encouraged. This is your time. This is your season. This is the year of congratulations. God is doing an uncommon thing in our city, in our community, and it's going to start with you. You are the change that everybody is waiting on. So go, do your best, be great, and God bless. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Connor? Absolutely. I'll I'll, um, definitely uh, echo that by saying uh, you literally are the leader that you've been looking for. And uh, in many cases, uh, you may be in a situation where you see yourself as David versus a Goliath type of situation, but understand that you're not at a disadvantage. You literally are at an advantage because Goliath doesn't know how to deal with the tactics of which it is where you were trained and where you were skilled and where God has given you the strategy to implement it. So this is your time to literally uh, arm yourself with the education, with the tenacity, Mm -hmm. to sling your best shot, uh, to literally hit the giant that is in front of you, uh, and to uh, push forward by any means necessary. And oftentimes, uh, as you see yourself as a leader that you've been looking for, the S on your chest as a superman or a superwoman doesn't always mean you're strong. In many cases, sometimes it means you're struggling. Sometimes it means you may be sad or sensitive at times. But understand that God is giving you his salvation to give you the power to move your life to the next level. And greater days are ahead for you. This is your time to literally stir up the gift because your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. It doesn't matter if the room is crowded, if it's packed. This is your time to continue to exercise it and recognize mm-hmm. that you're a red box and a gold bowl. The tragedy is to be gifted, but to never open the package. Continue to use the gift that you have and recognize that even if you are gifted, you will be afflicted, but there is greater that is coming out of it because God is preparing you to grow through all the things that you go through. Amen. Yes, amen. Thank you guys (laughs) so much for being on the show today. I know my listeners was blessed. They were empowered. We have to keep the conversation going. Black History Month is all year round, and I just want to thank you guys for being on the show. Thank Thank you you. so much. God bless you. Thank you. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out. Move mountains, we gon' walk it out and move mountains. And I rise up, I rise like the day I rise up, I rise unafraid I rise up, and I do it a thousand eight times again And I rise up, I like the waves I rise up, in spite of the 
The silence is a quiet And it feels like it's getting hard to breathe And I know you feel like dying But I promise we'll take the world to its feet Move by all days Bring it to its feet Thousand times again, and we'll rise. 